Next up, please welcome Benji Rogers. Hi, Benji. As Benji gets set up, he comes from Pledge Music, and now the, he's going to be talking about the Dot Blockchain Music Project with us today. Um, and also coming up today is a dear friend, Rob Hotchkiss and Pam Hotchkiss. They're going to play some music for you, um, and that should be cool, too. So I hope you all stick around for that as well. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, quick question. Who here has, uh, knows what the blockchain is? Okay. Who here doesn't? Okay, just a few. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll, I just want to measure how much time we'll spend on the actual blockchain-y bit. Um, as you mentioned, thank you. My name is Benji. Um, I'm co-founder of a company called Pledge Music, and this is my mornings, nights, weekends, evenings uh, uh, side gig here. Um, and uh, I pres I've been doing this presentation, it normally takes about 45 minutes, but I think I have 15, so hold on to your seats. Um, <clears throat> this is one of my favorite music industry quotes. In the race to adopt new technologies, the music industry historically has finished just ahead of the Amish. That's great. That's great. Um, I believe it's unfair to the Amish. And the reason I say that is because we haven't built something that uh, is, is built to last at this point. And so one of the key things that started to come around was this concept of centralized versus decentralized. So today in the music ecosystem, we run uh, you know, multiple centralized systems. In fact, we have approximately 180 separate databases with little to no interoperability. To summarize that, no one really knows who owns a whole bunch of the music. And I'm sure that the gentleman from Smule here will attest that the publishing information is extraordinarily interesting when you start to dig deeper into who owns what. And the key to a centralized system, which is what we have today, is you have signal points of failure, which basically means that if your system gets attacked or destroyed or whatever it is, it's sort of gone. Blockchains came along, and what blockchains really powerfully do for us as an industry is they create what I call digital scarcity and digital permanence. What I mean by that is, is that in a blockchain architecture, everyone has the same, is running the same system. So everyone can see the same information. Therefore, if that information is synced across all parties to it, as far as ownership goes, you can create a digitally permanent record of who owns what. You can amend it forward, but never backwards. And you can create digital scarcity by making things limited edition in a truly digital way, which you can't do today. So I think those are massive opportunities. And this is what a decentralized or distributed system looks like. Each node carries the same amount of information. Everyone can see the same data. Therefore, if you were to place ownership information into this in a correct manner, you could have maximum interoperability across the music space. I'm not a blockchain coder or anything like that, um, but I know some very smart ones, and uh, this has been an amazing um, journey. So, the problem. There is currently no efficient way to track music rights, ownership, or payments globally. It's 2016 coming on 2017, and we have no way to do that thus far. A global database of rights, ownership, and rules would help fix a lot of the current problems related to the distribution of payments. A global database of rights and ownership has been attempted and has failed. 
In other words, in a private system where people were trying to create, very well intentionally were trying to create a system to track this ownership and rights globally, it all fell apart. And there are a hundred reasons why it fell apart, but the predominant one was, I believe, that no one actually wanted to share all this information, mm -hmm. which is okay. There are private business rules, there are public things that need to be known, but that's how that looks. A blockchain distributed ledger, and let's be very clear here, the blockchain is not the end-all savior of everything, but if it were, a blockchain distributed ledger seems like a great place to build a global database of rights, ownership, and rules. But fractured ownership and back catalog challenges make getting all the songs into a single traditional database, let alone a blockchain, a really hard thing to do. And then the last question is, who would do it? If it's fallen apart for years, what's changed now in 2016 going into 2017? So this is a 90% human problem. 90% of it is human problem. And it's 10% technology. And the reason for that is, is that there, there is no process for me as a songwriter, and I am a songwriter, to get my information into an interoperable state in which multiple parties can play with it. I have to put it into various siloed architectures that don't speak to each other. So therefore, when I get a statement from, let's say, my PRO, it just says usage. What does that mean? Right? It's digital. Shouldn't we be able to do better than that? And the answer is they don't know. And here's what I'll say on the PRO side. They want to know. They do. It is an intention to get at better data. And certain of these companies are investing heavily in the technology side to become best in class. So I don't want to just bash what's there. We're trying to move a 100-year legacy system of paper and guessing over into something that is accountable. And that's no, that's no mean feat. So it starts with data. And I want us to think about if we were able to get this architecture up and running, and we have, luckily, um, it would be almost a fair trade music database. As in, you could express your rights digitally at the format level. So wherever that song is go, wherever it's played, wherever it's used, you attach it to this truth that grows, that, whose reputation grows as it goes through. And what I believe it begins with is this concept that I call minimum viable data. What that means is, what is the least amount of information that you would need to identify enough ownership in a song to be able to work with it? What is the least amount? Not the most amount, we know what that is, but the least amount. And I believe it begins with the writer. At least one writer or publisher, and how to contact and pay them, should be known for every single song. And at least one artist and performer, and how to contact and pay them for every single song. The song name, and ironically, a copy of the song. So what happens now is a whole bunch of songs are registered with the information, the metadata over here, but the song file over here, and no one knows what they actually sound like. Mm -hmm. You know, which, which version of crazy is this? Mm -hmm. And there are, we do have industry identifiers, but again, these are hard to get at for a lot of people. So this would be the beginning, the, the basis for registration, and then additional layers would be, made, would be there for broadcasting and monetization. And we would still use ISRCs and ISWCs and ISNI and IPI numbers and all the beautiful things that we have, but we would anchor them into the format itself. So this is what's coming, I believe. VR and AR are estimated to be $150 billion in revenue by 2020. This is the largest deployment of a new format since DVD or Blu-ray. I would argue even bigger than those. And there is currently a lack of content 
And new music content license is required. And anyone who's tried to go through this process will groan and realize the agony of what that is. I've actually seen things take six months to nine months to license one track for a VR experience. That is insane. You can render the entire game usable in that time. So what were they waiting for? A letter to be sent confirming, yes, you can use this song. A letter, you know. So there's also no standard format or codec that exists today for these new formats. So that, to me, leaves an opportunity. What the Dot Blockchain Project is doing, it's a public benefit corporation set up to basically create an interoperable standard. I want the music industry to own the format. I want us as an industry to get together with the technology companies, the PROs, the labels, et cetera, and to get rid of MP3, to get rid of Wave, and to create the .bc. And the reason to do that is because if we look at the existing formats, vinyl, tape, VHS, CD, MP3, Wave, ACC, MOV, DVD, vinyl again, Blu-ray, <laughs> um, you know, but there is no standard going forward. What if we as an industry got together and owned the standard and made it maximally interoperable and we enshrined the data into it? So what would it look like? A blockchain container format would be a new standard created, owned, and maintained by the music industry. A content encoded, all content encoded into this container, so you've got the music and the data in a single box, right, would contain minimum viable data. The very minimum required to get, to get this created would be that. So at the door, at the workstation level, you cannot get an MP3 out of your workstation until you've identified those three core components, the song title, one writer, and one performer. So that plus content is bundled and anchored into the blockchain in order to be broadcast ready through unique hash ID. So essentially what you're doing is, is you're saying, if I Spotify want to know who wrote this song, I look at the blockchain and that's the most current version of truth that there is. Uh, VR and other players, in my, my, is, is my desire, would only be able to play .bcs. And again, the reason for this is, is that MP3 is whack-a-mole because I can alter everything about that core file. Everything that is, lives in an MP3 or a wave today, I can alter. I can make it my own, say that I wrote it, it doesn't matter. And then, basically, VR and other players would sing to the blockchain to, access, to assess ownership, refreshed every 10 minutes in the current iteration, which is the Bitcoin blockchain. And then content or music separated from the .bc container would not be playable. Now, this sounds a lot like I'm trying to clamp down. Mm -hmm. You're killing me here. I've got two minutes to go. OK, all right. <laughs> So, this uh, is everyone, okay. Each .bc, so just to, to kind of summarize this, we're gonna take all the existing music formats, shove them into a wrapper, into a bundle, and at that moment of truth, express that into a blockchain for everybody to read. They can't read all of the intricacies of the contracts, but what they can read is what they need to know about the core parties involved to the song. That is non-negotiable. So what that means is that each .bc file creates and then builds onto a global decentralized or distributed database of rights. I believe that VR and AR are the Trojan horse to get older songs and catalog into this new format at point of usage. New and existing rights are expressed into the format at the point of creation. Rights holders can set rules into the content itself. And again, you cannot remove this information. You can dispute it, argue whatever you want, but everyone's working together. And then basically, basic smart contract become part of the minimum viable data itself. So 
This is a really shit way of looking at it, but this is the way that it makes sense in my head, so bear with me. Today, these are all the parties that need to know who owns what and how to pay whom in the music ecosystem. Artists, publishers, labels, managers, trade organizations, PROs, and DSPs. Today, they don't talk to each other. There's no interoperability between them all. So what if they all ran a blockchain that updated every 10 minutes or every 30 seconds? Doesn't matter. I think 10 minutes is good for now. Okay? And what that would mean is, is that all of their information is synced in real time, but basically around the core files themselves. So what you're doing is, is any amendment to the file architecture or ownership itself expresses to every single party. So Spotify or Pandora or Tidal or YouTube know exactly who to pay in real time. And so if that ownership changes, the maximum lag is around 10 minutes. Um, I was going to go through some of the UI, but we don't have time. So what I'll do is I'll just whip to this one part at the end here. Um, uh, doo -doo -doo, this is what it looks like. So, this is a, what I'm proposing here is a self-healing system with amendment forward, never backwards, and an immutable change log. Nested permissions, which means anything other than the minimum viable data, is optional. But no file enters the ecosystem in the absence of a version of it and those three kind of anchoring points of data. And then everything else you add on top to get to regular distribution, DDEX, et cetera, you name it. Um, Conflicts solved and then broadcast to the entire network, incentivizing better data. Again, this is designed to heal forward. A central repository for global digital works with efficient distribution, or P2P. Bad actors reveal who they are to everyone who runs the system. So if you're going to go up and claim that you own something, everyone's going to see that you're doing that. And they may choose not to work with you. So in short, this .bc container format, it's in GitHub right now. Um, it auto-creates a global distributed database of rights every time a song is encoded. And lastly, who does this hurt? It hurts those who profit from a lack of transparency, piracy, or the slowing down of payments to rights holders. It will hurt there. I'm okay with that, personally. <laughs> so why would they do it? This is the key question. Because for the first time in history, there is more money to be made over the table than under it. For the first time in history, the scaling of our content as artists and creators, and I am on myself, can make more money for everybody involved if it's in an open marketplace. That was not the case for a long, long time. But I think a bunch of the players in the music industry, and we are lucky to be working with PROs, major labels, publishers, everybody behind the scenes to get this thing going, have come together because they've realized that they're about to have their lunch eaten. We all are. So we basically face Two futures, one in which the music industry agrees to a fair trade data standard, creates its own format, or the other is we don't. We fail to create our own format and we carry on with more of the same. So let's not do that. Thank you. Oh. Bravo, that Thanks. was great, Benji. Can I ask one question? Did all this come together because of, of you being a musician and wanting to see things fixed, or are you just really organized? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so I started my first company, Pledge Music, and we would create this extraordinary data set and extraordinary amount of revenue for artists. And then when it came time to release, it would drop off a cliff. Uh -huh. And people would email saying, how is it that you know how to pay $55, and yet I'm getting zero lines in certain of my, my payout structures? And um, uh, so ultimately, this was to solve a problem that I had, 
We had to create it in an open framework, so the entirety of this architecture is in GitHub right now, which I was going to try and get to the, to the address of, um, which is basically github.com slash dotbc. Um, and there's a public Slack channel and a public email list, and I'd be happy to answer any more questions. I'm roaming around today. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you, Benji. Thank you.